I'm Kyle Bushland, and you're listening to NIS Voices, where we bring you inspiring stories about learning, community, news, and more from Nanjing International School. I'm here with the Farrells. That's Miss Tanya Farrell and Mr. Phil Farrell joining us from Canada. Tanya will be a learning support teacher in secondary, and Phil will be MYP PE teacher. They both worked all over the world, and most recently at some of the top international schools in Beijing. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Great to be here. Tell us a little bit more about yourselves. Okay, well, um, so we are, uh, we have lived all over the world, as you said, and we actually met overseas. Uh, We met in Haiti, and then from there, we've uh, sort of moved to a bunch of different places, but our favorite has been living in China. We lived there for almost 18 years and have adopted a child from China and really want to come back and uh, be part of the Chinese culture and the philosophy and the way that people live in China. We find it very warm and inviting. Yeah, we met overseas. It was interesting because we just kept going everywhere and anywhere. We went to Egypt, then we went to London. In Egypt, we got engaged in London. That's where we eventually we got married, but not in London, in Canada. And then we went to China and we never thought we'd be there for 18 years. We're richer for it. And we're, we're really happy to be employed by Nanjing International School. And we're so excited to get back to China, just to get back to our, our, our teaching lives. To us, it's our normal life. Did you guys ever get down to Nanjing when you were living in China before? I did. I actually, I, vi- I visited Nanjing International School uh, before, before it looks the way it does now. Um, and oh. I came down for, uh, so I work for Senia, which is the Special Education Network and Inclusion Association. And I, we came down for a conference, and I want to say it was in 2005 or 2006, um and uh they hosted us down there and it was great because we got to you know climb the mountains and uh it was just it was just a wonderful it was a wonderful conference for me as well um but just to see the landscape of the school and see and you know um and, and just have a great time talking about special needs issues um i myself have unfortunately have never visited nanjing but i i've competed against nanjing with uh, all the teams that I've coached. So that's the closest I've come. Tell us, how did you both get into teaching? So my my teaching, uh, like how I got into it was very different from how Phil got into it. Back when I was, you know, about 12 years old, I thought to myself, this is what I want to do. I really loved my teachers and I thought, okay, great. So I headed off, graduated, headed off to university in Canada and knowing that I was going to be pursuing teaching. Now, I did think I was going to stay in Canada to teach uh, in Ontario, but that was not the case. I took one one of my practicum classes was with the special needs class, and that set me on a journey of, first of all, focusing on special needs. And then they said, hey, why don't you take a look at uh, possibly going overseas um, there's lots of opportunities out there. You could end up in Ecuador or what have you. And so I said, okay, I'm going to give this a try. I want to give it a shot and see if this is what I like doing. And sure enough, you know, 
two months into teaching in Haiti, I was, I fell in love and, um, and I never looked back. I, you know, said to my family, this is it. I know exactly that I will be overseas probably for most of my career because I just enjoyed it so much. I loved being immersed in a culture and learning about that culture, as well as opportunities that it afforded me that I was able to sort of be a little bit freer in teaching what I wanted to teach and to be supporting students in the way that I saw fit, especially since special ed at that time, back in the 1990s, wasn't really um, a major focus for a lot of international schools. So it allowed me to sort of expand my craft and develop as an educator. For me, when I finished high school and went to university, I actually applied to be an engineer, but didn't get in. So, <laughs> so halfway through the summer, I, I applied to the PE program at the University of Toronto and I got in. And the reason why was because I took three maths and three sciences. Don't ask me about math now, though, or science now. It's very different <laughs> for me now. But um, it, uh, and then from there, I ended up meeting my professor, who was an outdoor education uh, guru in, uh, in Canada. And he really got me motivated to get into this area of experiential learning. So right after I finished teacher's college, I ended up working with my a buddy of mine and we were doing outdoor education and I got, you know, at the time it was really hard to get a teaching job. So I got a lot of, you know, long-term occasional positions at various schools, but then my sister was overseas and she just said, I think this is something you'd like. And then I just went and that's where we met. We met in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. And uh, <laughs> I've loved it ever since because I think the neatest thing about compared to the public system where they only interview you, you get to interview the school to make sure it's the right fit. And when you get the right fit, it's magic, absolutely magical. And that's what we think we're getting going to miss. Would you like to tell us a little bit about your teaching philosophies? My teaching philosophy is to support students and to provide them with strategies and, and skills for lifelong learning, right? So as a as a specialist teacher and usually working with students that struggle in some way, way shape or fashion, um, you know, providing them with ways to advocate for themselves, advocate for their needs, as well as to uh, show their strengths and to find out what their strengths are so that they can then go out into the world and then um, and find, you know, things that they love to do, things that they want to explore uh, that is not just confined to a classroom. So I think that we as teachers need to provide them with those skills on how do we uh, work on developing lifelong learning skills and how do we advocate for when we need help or support in some uh, with some type of uh, learning. Yeah, for um, because I'm also a specialist teacher and in PE, it's a very different area for for students for the most part. And I'm very honest with them. I'll just say, hey, guys, if you don't like PE, I get it. I get it, don't you don't. And it, <gasps> Who well, doesn't like PE? No. No, some people yeah. don't. And they <laughs> tell me, and, and I'd say, you know what, it's fair. If you don't like it, that's fine. And a lot of them have this fear of how they project themselves, how they're seen by others. And I just said, no, I don't care what you do, guys. I want you to try because you're always going to be successful somewhere. And so that's the, that's the goal. It's, it's risk-taking all the time. And it's hard enough, you know, 
kids getting off the bus, getting to school, getting to homeroom and going, what is everyone thinking of me? And this PE is an area where those barriers come down really fast. You know, it's just like drama, music, uh, you know, theater, dance, all those kind of things where people interact in a very different way. You're not stuck in a seat. So if someone, if someone's good at something, great. If they're not so good, great. The whole idea is just is to try. And then from there, because of MYP, which I love as a, as a curriculum, it, it, it helps the kids to understand where their where their strengths are, how to use them to the to their best ability, uh, what their weaknesses are, and how to minimize that when they're doing certain things. And it's not just an activity uh, like a, like a sport. It's also when they're communicating with each other because there are some that are fantastic communicators, and the ones who are supposedly good at it aren't really good at communicating. So there's value that everyone can contribute. And once they learn that, people really look to each other for help. And that's the goal. And that's what I love about PE. It's all that experiential, um, you know, get right in there, sweat it out, hug it out. And in the end, everyone has, has the goal is to have fun. Finally, what messages do you have for our NAS community? I think for us, it's we're very excited to be coming. We're very excited to experience living in a different part of China because we haven't done that. Uh, we've traveled all over China. We've seen a lot of China. Um, but living in another community um, and practicing our skills and um, and just being part of that community, we're excited to share um, ourselves and we're excited to join um, the community at large, especially for our son, because he's been missing that community for the last two years because we've been on virtual schooling for him. And we really, one of the things that um, NIS provides for um, a lot of students is that that community feel and that inclusive belonging to uh, to a community, which we really need at this time. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to you know, NIS as a smaller school compared to what we've been in the last little while. I mean, in Beijing, uh, one of my club went like grade nine had 10 sections. Uh, oh, wow. We're going to a situation where it's like, it's like two sections, I believe, if I'm, if I, if I remember it correctly. And so I remember uh, going back to our first school in Beijing, it was a small school and I'm going, there was, there was something about it because everyone knew each other and got to know each other really well. Mm -hmm. And that community becomes very different when you're in a community where it's, you know, a couple thousand kids. I mean, you said yourself, you were at a big school in Beijing in high school. It's tough to know everyone. And even when the schools grow, wow, you work here, you're a student here. Uh, we, we miss, we miss that, that collegiality. Uh, you know, because it, as soon as the schools get too big, walls come up, and we're just we're just really looking forward to a school where you can truly call it, you know, a, a family.